I am going out into the middle of nowhere to turn five acres of desert into a permaculture oasis. Please join me on my journey. Today, I think, is one of those glorious days where you get harbingers of spring in the air because I went outside and it's like, I mean, I was outside this morning earlier to do some chores, but like I went outside to take the dog for a walk and like as I was walking out, you know, on our walk, I got this really strong, awesome feeling. Are you taking me, dog? <laughs> She's suddenly just like, We're, we need to go somewhere that I want to go. Um, animal underground, most likely. But it's like, just got this great spring feeling to it. And I remember in Oregon, I would get these senses, sensations of spring, like well before it was officially spring. And, you know, um, you could see like official, like officially recognized signs or that's not what I mean to say, but like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you get these like senses that spring is coming. And um, that's what today feels like. So that's kind of cool. I mean, it is February. So, you know, um, I'm really excited to see in the coming season, you know, what the willows that I put in do, you know, like, are they going to leaf out? How much, how many of them are going to make it? Um, you know, cause planning in fall is really an excellent way to work with nature <clears throat> by allowing the plant to put down roots and focus on roots in the winter, which is what it naturally does anyway. So you're kind of working with natural cycles. Plus you get all that rain in the fall Theoretically, not so much here, but here this year we did. It was like a magical, mystical, awesome confluence of me going for it and the weather just really cooperating. Um, yesterday, I revised my landing page for the for my property that's listed for sale by adding a freebie. It took a lot of work to get it to be how I wanted, um, <clears throat> like as far as the what fit above the fold, etc. It was just kind of like a lot of manual adjustments, but I got it and it looks really good. And now I'm ready to promote it. And I have several scheduled posts. I'm using an alternative to one of the main ones people use. Um, and I'm going to be breaking down some some of the points from the freebie um, <clears throat> that I created to give away to people and expanding upon that a little bit more and turning those into like um, an email sequence that will provide value to people. And I mean, it's kind of a long shot and in the digital marketing communities, I belong to, I had kind of posted that question of like, how would you sell a one-time item, like a one-time piece of property? You're not selling a recurring product at all. And nobody really seemed to think that it was any different. And I kind of don't agree, but you know what? Why not try? It's kind of my attitude. 
So today I'm gonna work on getting the the um, other parts of this, you know, set up, like the email sequence and the just more posts with more, um, you know, just offering value to people, like you know, being helpful, being of service. So I'm gonna give it my best shot. <laughs> so. Gosh, it would be so nice to take over this property and move over onto it and start building. There's so much building material. Just waddle and daub up the wazoo. And I could just have stuff to do every day, like good, good fun gardening type stuff. Pulling down all the vines off the trees so that you can see their trunks. Making pathways, setting up gardens getting water, power, and shade established. But yeah, it's a little bit hazy, a little overcast, but it's just a, there's just a spring feeling in the air. Really neat. I didn't work on the studio at all yesterday because um, I was pretty busy doing this and then I watered everything using my new um, sprayer nozzles on my restored water system so I could actually water and I think some things were hurting a little bit but I think I caught them in time I love how over on this property there's all kinds of signs of animals I have a feeling that a lot of animals in this area, big animals, will come here and bed down for the night. Like this is their little oasis. There's all kinds of animal trails and you can see lots of signs of them making little areas where they lay down and they squish all the grass down, you know, with their bodies. And of course, the variety of scat. <clears throat> but yeah, I would just revel in the opportunity to live, to coexist with them and I think they would quickly realize that I'm peaceful and you know just not here to dominate or change their routine I think the biggest problem they would have would be the dog she would bark at them and uh, <laughs> that would be I, I don't know how to handle that part of it and I was worried yesterday about the generator of the lady who's moved in over across the road from here if it would be a nuisance a noise problem but I don't think she runs it all the time <clears throat> I think for an RV you just have to run it for a few hours a day to recharge your house battery so <clears throat> I don't think it would you know always be such a problem and you know I would assume she wouldn't want to always use a generator I mean I think trying to live on a generator is really not a good plan you know because it's expensive you have to buy gas and you're dependent so I'm assuming she's probably gonna set up solar one thing I was noticing, I was looking at the mesquites, and because uh, spring is when you're, I was reading about this, is spring is the time to take softwood cuttings and propagate from cuttings, and I was looking on the trees to see if anything had softwood cuttings, or softwood, and I think some of these mesquites, um, some of the mesquites near my house, and I'm finding some right here right now, they 
they're like a bright red color or a burgundy red color with some green and they haven't hardened yet so I think that's those are those would qualify and there's a lot of them that are like two feet long so you got some good I think for cuttings you want them to be like eight inches and there's some that I could just take that are just eight inches but I could also cut some sections off and then just try propagating because um, <clears throat> one of my friends has asked me to get some trees started for him. And um, so that would be a way I'm going to try. Because the little seedlings just, oh man, it's hard. <clears throat> and I don't have a proper, you know, grow house or greenhouse set up yet. So that's probably part of why it's hard. Mesquites are interesting because they grow their branches all kind of like a like you'd want a fruit tree to grow <laughs> so they they point down towards the ground naturally in a lot of cases <clears throat> excuse me so like under them <clears throat> over here there's like this sort of a little wonderland of protected shelter that you could go and pop a sleeping bag if you were desperate and like hide out and basically you have a fence around you offensive mesquite branches I think one of the best things about this property is the view is so sheltered. You know, it's like it feels really secluded and sheltered and private. And that's something that I really value because my current place is very exposed because it's much more desertified than this place. And there's just not the cover. It really was, you know, just erosion and runoff and nothing could grow by the road. <clears throat> I've changed that. There's a lot of things established along the road now, but they're going to take years to grow. Yeah, gosh, what a neat feeling. It just feels like spring. Oh, what a glorious feeling. I know it's going to get all too hot and stuff in the summer and all that, but <clears throat> maybe this summer will be mild. This winter has been mild. No, you can't have those jawbones. <laughs> There's these two jawbones I used to mark the choice spot for the RV. These really tall um, specimens of this beautiful, oh, it's a shrub and it's multi-stemmed, very lacy, delicate, has a beautiful white flower. And there are some growing along my, my current road. And I really like it. I've tried to propagate it from cuttings and it just hasn't taken but uh, there's some nice big ones over here. It looks like an animal knocked off some big branches from one of them. But they're taller than me over here. So given enough water, that's kind of one of the things I marvel at with this site is it shows you what the plant community out here can do if given, you know, proper conditions. And somebody who is either negative or just hasn't done <coughs> the research or whatever... They might argue like, and I've, I've heard some, you know, just kind of annoying negative people say things like, you know, well, this is just how it's, this is just a desert, this is just how it, you know, it's like, no, actually, it's, it's been desertified and the, if you can just restore the land's ability to infiltrate water and hold water, um, and then you can rebuild your soil, you can, which is, you know, you just organic woody debris from your own land, or you could bring in, you know, in really bad cases where, it's just run off and you can't, you haven't been collecting organic debris. Like in my place, because I've put all those swales in, I'm, I've already have um, a lot of organic debris that's just collecting naturally in the swales. 
and in the debris that is like partially rooted or <clears throat> excuse me or the the dead you know uh, pioneer plants that are anchored in the ground with their root systems and have the dead upper parts you know those are those are perfect little filters they capture and hold all kinds of you know overland flow of leaves and you know grass stalks and everything so uh, and you know animal uh, scat and so it's easy to restart that and get that going again and the only difference this place really has just had this natural it's a natural swale it's like a big disc-shaped swale is what I'm what I'm gathering from just looking at it um, and looking at the plant communities on it. So it's just had kind of a head start and then all the animals are attracted to it and then they leave their scat. And so there's fertilizer and all the grasses get broken down by all the animals walking through and breaking the stalks by walking, <clears throat> which creates this thick layer of mulch. And it's just this natural, awesome kind of thing that I'm trying to do over at my place you know, manually, without the help of animals. So if I end up not getting this parcel, then I can try to attract the animals with like a salt lick and a bale of hay and a bin of water, you know, and see if they'll come. The problem is the dog, she'll, she'll bark at anything, you know, she barks at birds, she chases birds away. It's like, <laughs> she gets really excited too. She just like gets all, I'm like, oh, what is it? It's a bird. <laughs> Yesterday, the cat started hunting something and I just happened to be looking at him and watched him. I was like, oh, where's he going? You know, I start walking up the driveway and two big crows, or I think they were ravens, uh, launched and flew away. And um, I was really delighted that they had come to, to my property. And uh, I was talking to my friend, uh, my girlfriend yesterday about animal communication and all that. And I think it's utterly clear to me that they recognize me walking over here all the time. They recognize what I'm doing on my property, that I'm greening it. And they're like, she's cool. Because, I mean, even little birds, I've noticed, they're hanging out at my property and they're totally not scared of me at all. They, um, multiple times now, they've just been like three feet away from me and they're not scared. Like, I'm just hanging out and there they are. And I've never seen that before in a city. Birds in, a, in the cities have always just run really far away. And at the first, you know, like my first... I'd say my first year and a half here, maybe even two years here, birds, I would be walking and they would, you know, at my, the slightest approach, they would fly away. I think that's because I had my dog with me too, but <clears throat> it's like wildlife has learned that humans are dangerous because we're such, you know, we've shown them over and over how much of an asshole we are. <laughs> And I don't really think it's us. I go into that in my book, why, what it really is, but it's a disease um, that can be healed, it turns out, with permaculture. Um, I think I'm going to hang out here for a while. I don't wanna really want to go back home yet. I want to just... I should have left my chair. I had a chair here for a few weeks and <laughs> left it here, and it kept getting blown over. Nice, go hang out. I like to say kappa squat, which I know means pee, but uh, I just like to use it to say sit, even though it's wrong, because <laughs> it's funny. But um, anyway, I'm signing off for now. So um, I was just trying to create this email sequence that I was talking about earlier. 
and I've been spending all day working on it and I'm really getting into it and it's proving to be kind of a rich exercise or a rich task and it's, it's making me think that it's like basically a book because it's so practical and I've been doing this for over two years now and I've been doing it alone and I have a YouTube channel and I have this podcast and you know I don't know really if I have the patience or the resources or the inclination to try to turn the podcast into a book because it's just me kind of talking and I don't know that that's really organized enough um, to try to turn into written form but what I'm working on today is really feeling like a book. I mean, it's a very informative, rich, very well-organized um, guide, essentially, with all kinds of tips and tricks, recommendations, um, based on my experience out here, as well as my professional experience. And so I'm kind of inspired to potentially turn this into a book. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I didn't expect that. I was just like trying to do this email thing. And realized like oh huh so uh just wanted to kind of put that out there and um if you have feedback for me or thoughts or any you know requests of like what you'd like me to cover based on following this podcast and and perhaps looking at my youtube channel um let me know and you can get a hold of me on my website um you know zombiepermaculture.com would be a good way to, to get a hold of me and let me know because I'd be happy to cover things that you might find useful. So, but yeah, I've survived over two years alone in the desert, off grid. And it's kind of um, something that, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would, I would like to share what I've learned and share, you know, I've gone through a lot and I've, I've been through the hard things and I've seen good things, success and failure which is what the podcast is really kind of trying to be honest about to help other people who may want to do it. Now, I don't expect most people will kind of try to do this alone. My friend Joe tells me regularly that I'm the bravest woman she knows. <laughs> and I'm always like, I mean, you know, what, am I, what else am I going to do? Some people, some of us don't have as many options as others. And um, it's really, I don't really see another way of going about it but uh anyway she thinks I'm really brave <laughs> maybe I am but yeah so I think I'm gonna potentially turn this into a book so we another project <laughs> well despite the apparent hatred pouring in for reasons of uh fabricated gossip rumor mongering or whatever you want to call it I have posted a my first kind of like I don't know it's kind of an advertisement I guess in the local newsletter and with a link to my website so and um it's focused on like improving the local streetscape and attracting customers and it's kind of inviting local businesses to get a free written strategy for their business property because um, a lot of the local businesses have the property that lines the main drag or whatever in that town in the small town here so I'm just looking at the the rocks that my friend um, 
she invited me to take rocks whenever I visit her. And I'm like, hell yeah, because she has a really rocky road and there's tons of rocks everywhere. And these ones are like a white color, a whitish. They're more of a whitish color than my dirt. So it's nice because they really stand out. I put them at my driveway um, because the UPS and FedEx guys seem to always be driving over my berms. So um, I've been thinking about putting more rocks there for a while. And I got a very small load of them on my way home yesterday. And so I'm kind of liking how they, they look. And hopefully they're really visible too because they kind of stand out a little more than those black rocks and stuff that I had a few of near there. Um, I improved the UPS FedEx kind of like process a little bit already by putting up my um, just my pallets for my front fence, uh, my front little garden wall. Um, because now there's a little sign stapled to the fence and the box just goes right below that and there's no muss or fuss it's not like they have to walk into the compound and try to figure out which box is being picked up or where to put the boxes and putting the different delivery drivers putting them in different spots so that I don't always see them and you know that kind of thing plus it's the doggo is inside the fence now um her zip line won't let her go over to the spot just a few like a pallet or two over outside the fence so it also kind of simplifies that where you know she's not i don't know like just walking in their way or whatever and yesterday the UPS delivery driver stopped and chatted with me for a while about my project which was kind of refreshing um, he was asking me, you know, what I was building when I had started, how do, what is it going to be for, you know, and like, how am I building it? And I showed him the process and he, he seemed really curious about it. And it was, a, it felt like a positive interaction and I enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Every time I, man, there's so many cool rocks out here. Every once in a while though, I'll be like this one. <laughs> it's like this weird thing that you, I can't control. Like I keep bringing home rocks. Uh, it's a little cold today, but I'm taking the uh, intrepid doggo over to the patch again this morning. Uh, seems to be our morning walk. Um, I don't think it's that much exercise for her, but it's, you know, it's really enjoyable to go over there. Just mainly because we're walking kind of downslope a little bit. Our, our walk back is slightly upslope, but it's really not like any kind of a strenuous slope at all. Um... But uh, I did a, speaking of the patch, I did a viewing yesterday and I had um, thought it was going to be like a half hour with the listing agent and this uh, prospective buyer. And it ended up taking, I think we started at 10, 15 or so. And I think it went past 1.30. So we really talked a lot and it was, it seemed very warm. Um, they hugged me which I thought was really nice. They seemed really down to earth. Uh, the guy was from Brazil and the girl was from Mexico and they had this really cool little seven-year-old kid with long hair. And uh, he was great. Um, and, oh, wow. So I'm seeing elk um, footprints and it's it's really neat to see how big they are, man. These footprints are huge. They're really, they're like... Half the, I would say they're the size of my, the front part, the front half of my shoe. And I'm wearing like low top hiking shoes. They're huge. So it's kind of neat to see that. Um, let's see. But yeah, so they, 
could potentially be interested and they want uh, seller financing. So I basically just was really honest with them. And I just said, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I would hope to get as a down. Um, but I will accept this bare minimum amount just to be able to acquire the property that I'm looking to acquire. Um, and so I think it's an extremely generous offer. And, uh, you know, it would be a little tricky if they just gave me the amount to pay off the other property, um, the patch, because then it's like I'm boondocking <laughs> until I can get a power system delivered and installed. And how am I going to pay for that? You know, so it's it's a it's it's really not ideal. I, I might have to, like, go to an RV park or something. I don't know, you know, but I'll do what I have to do. That's the thing. I'll do what I have to do. And, uh, but, so I, I really just gave them a really generous offer and I told them, I was just honest with them. I just said, you know, I'm not getting any profit off of this sale. This is literally just recovering the cost I put into it for hard things that you're going to get when you, you know, they're, they come with the property, like built structures, you know? Um, so I'll have to see what they, if they are interested. I really hope so, obviously, cause they seem like they would be perfect. Um, they travel around in their RV and they're looking for an income producing property that has infrastructure already. And, you know, most of the other properties, I'd say the vast majority that are being, that are on the market right now are just raw land. Um, and so I made a point, you know, just kind of building on what I'd learned from previous experience with, you know, the realtor kind of mentioning that she, she keeps getting all these inquiries, but nobody understands how, what's involved in getting the infrastructure that you need to live out here and the fact that you do need infrastructure to live out here. Um, so, yeah, I just, all I can really do is just, you know, hope that they make an offer. But it, it was a positive experience. And, you know, I mean, I kind of feel like I learned something. It's like sales... You know, I've heard the marketers and the sales trainers and all this of the years say, you know, people buy from who they like. They know, like, and trust. And uh, so I really just tried to put extra time and energy and, you know, into the interaction. And it really, it worked in the sense that this guy was not making contact with the listing agent. He wasn't, it didn't seem that he was really, he wouldn't, wasn't clicking where he was supposed to click to talk to her. He wasn't calling her. I don't know what, you know, I don't know why. So I was just like, well, maybe if I put more energy into like helping him, hand-holding and like just leading him through the process. And that worked because I spent an hour answering questions uh, by him the other day. And that led directly to him scheduling a viewing. And then just took like, I mean, what was that? Three hours, three and a half hours? Um, uh, just, you know, walking around, answering questions, showing him everything being human, you know, being available, being accessible. And, um, I, you know, it, it's a lot of my time, but I, you know, I would hope that that would, it, it's not so much like the extension of goodwill, I guess, because like in the end, they'll take whatever they can get for free kind of probably. I, I think most people would do that. It's shitty, but that's kind of how I think most people probably are. But hopefully this just the getting to know me trust me and like me kind of thing was was something that they were able to do in that because i was giving them so much of my time and um 
you know, the listing agent even mentioned that most buyers would not give that, that I'm giving more than most, than most, or most sellers, I mean. So hopefully that, you know, by offering a lot of value for free up front, they would be more inclined and encouraged to give me their money and let me buy this property they want to get. So, um, that was yesterday. And then today I heard from the second interested party who he said he actually did click on, I don't know if it was the, must have been the landing page that I created that went, that took him to the listing agent's form. But for some reason, it doesn't seem like the listing agent got the form or he didn't hear back from her. So I sent her a screenshot of that conversation so she can like try to get a hold of him but I also had provided her her phone number and then suggested that he call because I don't have his phone number so it's just this really like super hands-on manual process but like I'm putting in the time you know because really you know it's just it's not that much work and if that's what it takes then you know I'll do it um so I'll see how that goes so there could be potentially another viewing um, and then we'd have competing interest. Woohoo! <laughs> um, I usually try to do a morning derp session just to kind of wake up and have a little time off every day. And the, this morning I took out a sketchbook and drew a house plan. And I had kind of done a few initial planning sessions like that, kind of brainstorming, like conceptual kind of thinking about it beforehand and this one though feels a little more solid um so I got that down on paper and also figured out this would be the design and the only difference on the of location really if it's at the current property or the new property would be the direction directional facing so on the new property the deck would be facing east and there'd be like this shaded cover, covered section um, on the south and part of the east part of the deck and um, if it's at the current property the, the deck would be facing north um, and I might change that because I, I think putting the water needs next to the tanks makes sense. And the tanks that at the current place are at the southwest corner. So trying to keep things along the like utilities that need that, like the kitchen and the bathroom um, over near that or so the lines can run easily. And there's less distance involved. Uh, that's kind of the goal with that. But having the shade structure at the current place, you know, kind of makes it so there's not there's less work involved in creating shelter. But um, the way I had it kind of laid out was that there'd be this little there's this at the new place there'd be this small. Uh, covered little backyard on the south side, which maybe that should be on the north side at the entry. I'm not sure. 
but providing shade on the south side would would really help with being able to have a window you know some windows on the south side shaded shaded uh, windows and then the doggo would have a dog run outside the deck that would be uncovered so you just run around and uh check out what's coming but then a shaded you know she could go into the yard that gate would be open and she could go into the yard and um go and get under the shelter and lay down in the shade um so i'm standing in the spot where the house would go and the way i have it kind of in my head is utilizing the shade from the west at these trees but i think maybe even putting it further back toward the grass um, the tall grass that hasn't been trampled down yet that could work I, I kind of there's less trees close to this spot though that would be where the rv would go and i so i'm kind of really probably not going to put it this far back it'll probably go along these there's like three big trees on the um on the the west side along the west side where i think the house should be nestled up against because that's going to provide some shelter from like just the searing hot western afternoon early evening sun so that's kind of what i'm banking on and then there's no real there's no trees right directly to the south of the site for the the trees are really off in the distance for the view but um they're not distance but they're not right up against where the house would be so that would just be like um shade and i wanted to talk about this really cool field trip i took yesterday with my my good friend um we're writing this book together, as I've mentioned, and she really wanted to go visit this friend of hers that it turns out just lives down the road from her um, and go and um, ask her, because she was an archaeologist, she's a retired archaeologist, and ask her about like um, like old earth ovens, I guess is what they were called, because my friend really wants to include a few alcoholic recipes from plants out here, and one of those plants is sotol, and it makes a beverage that's fairly disgusting, but you can, I'm thinking, let's, she, well, this is both of our idea kind of coming together. Um, I actually was given some by this guy I helped move. He actually plied me with a big bunch of them, a bunch of jars of the stuff he'd made. And I couldn't get a hold of him because he probably changed his number by this point. So I texted him asking about how to make it and he didn't get back to me. So I'm pretty sure he doesn't, he's no longer available at that number. He changed it because he's, you know, he's in Mexico now. But, um, so I have this, I have this alcohol that I'm not using at all. And, um, I didn't know what to do with it. So she was thinking we could have these tasting parties and, you know, experiment on our friends with these recipes and see, get feedback from people. And so I thought, well, why don't I bring over a jar of what I already have? And then we can make cocktails with it and see if anything tastes good. Um, you know, what tastes better, what, you know, whatever. So, uh, that's kind of the plan. I don't know when we'll do that, but I think that's good research for the book. And it was pretty, pretty much both of our ideas and from coming from different angles. So um, I think that's good because she would probably be hosting it because she has this really big house. What are you doing? Come on. Um, and then, so, so anyway, went to her friend's house to go look at these like ancient earth ovens and really it was just a pile of rocks but I learned pretty quickly from what she, you know what she was talking about and what um I observed that 
you can, I know how to identify them now because there's these two types of rocks that are just really consistent with these because there were several of them she showed us in different parts of her property. And it's like this dark gray, kind of a cracked kind of a rock. And then there's the brownish, yellowish, other kind of rocks. And they're, it's very distinct. It looks different from everything around it. And so if you were to dig that out, you'd find the ashes and whatnot. And she showed us a place where an animal had, like a mole or something, had excavated some of the ashes. And you could see them on the surface. Um, so I guess because the way you prepare so tall the plant is you... This is really interesting, actually, because my friend was trying to figure out, well, how do you... Because I was suggesting, like, you know, what if we did, a like, a, a pig roast? Like, you know, you roast a pig, you bury it. And so she was like, well, how do you keep the fire going if there's no air if you're burying it? And I'm like, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. I've been to a pig roast, but I don't... I didn't watch what they were doing, really, that closely. So uh, her friend basically described this and uh, this process of how you would, how they used to make so tall, you know, they would, they would roast these bulbs underground, the, the native people who lived here before us. And it clarified the process. So basically what you do is you bury um, brush, you know, grass, whatever. And then you put, you dig a hole, you put all that in the bottom, and then you put a bunch of rocks over that. And then you light the brush on fire. And then you put the material like the sotol bulbs in this case over the rocks and then you bury you put like something over that to keep them clean not not the let them get too dirty and then you put rock, uh, dirt over that and you let it bake for like two days or whatever and she said the temperature gets up to like 800 degrees and so i think what it is is it actually it puts the fire out but you let the the coals you let the rocks get really hot before you do all this right before you bury anything so it's the heat it's not flame it's just heat that's cooking the sotol now if you're making an alcoholic beverage out of sotol i don't think that you cook it at all nobody that i that we've talked to could figure out how you make it which is really in and of itself pretty interesting but there is a company i think across the border in mexico that does make it and my friend is trying to do this thing that we'd have access to in the apocalypse. So she says, like, modern techniques, you know, I don't know about that. So, but I think if I can ask them a question of what is the general way that Sotol is made as far as beverage goes, they might be able to tell me, they might be willing to tell me, um, well, it's made with, you know, we, it's like a sun tea or, you know, whatever. And then we can figure out a native way to do that or a natural way, rather. So that's kind of was what the purpose of the trip was, the field trip. But uh, I was immediately struck by the um, house that this that her friend had built. And she had taken, like I guess, 25 years to build it because she was working as an archaeologist at the time and didn't have a lot of time to devote to the project, but she would put in time when she could. And I learned some neat things. One thing that I'm really excited about is she said she just got all the sand for free. And she dug it out of the creek, and that because it's state land, it's, a, it's open. It's not anybody's property. You're not trespassing or whatever. So... I'm going to try that. I'm going to see if I can get access. Uh, I know I know where to go, but I don't know if there's any sand or how I would get it. You know, I have a trailer. Figure that out, probably. But, uh... So that's really awesome to find a source, a local source of sand. Uh, even though it, it would be a drive and a trailer and a shoveling and all this. You know, it might end up being cheaper and less challenging, less difficult just to go have it delivered <laughs> to the site, you know, whatever. But I'll have to see. But it's just encouraging to find an, a local source because it's more sustainable. And the other really exciting thing was she had... She had done her house with rocks. She had done these stacked mortared rocks. Uh, and then, but what I was so excited about was the stucco. She had 
stuccoed on the outside of the the rock the rock walls on the outside it was like a tan color kind of just the color of the the desert soil but on the inside she'd used a white uh i think it was a white cement and then she had also painted over it uh but i just like really liked how it looked it was the style that i plan on doing and so it was just inspiring to see you know how did she do the windows and um she put little tile she she had a lot of little tile she put in she embedded in her walls and uh that was just kind of fun to see i'm probably not going to do that um it always looks a little kind of a little bit like uh what's the word uh, kitschy to me but uh you could do cool things i liked her styles more than a, a lot of things i've seen before it was a little more i don't know southwest but so i was just really inspired it was really fun and she had this amazing uh, uh what do you call it it's like a huge why well, I, I can't I'm totally spacing on the name of it it was this it was, it was like carved out of the la sedimentary rock layers down into this ravine. It was like this gully that had been really going for, you know, a long time because it was probably 25 foot high. Um, what do I call it? An escarpment? Why are words failing me right now? But, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm coming up on a little spot where I can see that some animal has pulled the vine off of from around the tree and created a little bed shelter. Probably a great windbreak too, and laid under the tree. That's so cool. <laughs> this would be a paradise for kids to hang out. This place with all the little fairyland cottages under the, all the trees with the vines. Um, but so we went down and she has this like guest house that's right on this beautiful rock river thing. And she has a uh, Oh, God, I can't, I don't know why words are failing me today, but it's a thing that water um, sits in. It, it There's no drainage, so it just, it's very stagnant. And there were, certainly were mosquito larvae in it, but uh, she has the, one of those, and um, it, we went and sat by that and kind of looked, and it was just this big, massive rock, and then you look up at these layers, and then you see... Um, the way that the water has carved down through the layers and it just was really neat to see you know another part of this landscape um and of course she gets like the water rushing through and everything just like i do when it when it, we get a good rainstorm so that was really a neat field trip and i got to ask her what her uh, what she used for plaster and she said she tried to use dirt in her mix at first but it just really didn't work it crumbled off so she used sand uh cement and lime on both the inside and the outside. And then just use the different uh, color colors for the interior and exterior. So that's what I'm gonna try to do. And it's such a thin coat. It's like not even a eighth of an inch. It's probably an eighth of an inch thick. So I would say those materials would go a long way, you know, in covering. And it's just really nice, timely, you know, local, easy to remember. So that was inspiring. Um, and then the only other thing is, uh, Sunday is the Super Bowl and my team is going to the Super Bowl, the 49ers. And I haven't watched, been able to watch football for consistently for a really long time, decades. So it's kind of cool that 
my team is in the Super Bowl this year. And I got to watch the game where they got, you know, they won and got into, they placed. So I'm really excited. I have a definite team to root for. Um, I'm kind of invested emotionally. And uh, before we watch the game, we're going to walk over to her friend's house and return the book. And uh, so it'll be nice to take that walk because it's a beautiful road. And the only other thing I'll say is along that road, that's where I'm going to get my rocks from that she said she invited me to take rocks from her property. There's this section we drove through yesterday when driving over to her friend's house where there's all these basically like just beautiful flagstone pavers just naturally ready for the taking. They're just sitting there waiting to be plucked. (laughs) And I didn't even, it was her idea. She brought it up. She initiated the invitation and said, if I wanted to take rocks, I can. And I'm like, "Um, you mean building materials? Um, Yes, please. (laughs) So I'll be definitely on my way home on Sunday going over there. I think it's going to be late, so I might have to do it before it gets dark. So, because we're going to go over, I think, at 2 and the game starts at 5. So I might need to see if we can walk back at like 4 so I can go load up on rocks. And it's not that important. I can get it another day, of course. So I might not even bother. Do one thing at a time. But I don't really have a specific purpose yet for those rocks. But I think it's a matter of when I get a bunch of material, when I have enough to really be like, okay, I could really build something with these. The the area where the patio will go will show itself to me. And it might be, you know, just pathways because I mean, they're, they're just like, I mean, expensive flagstone material, you know, for free. So I, I feel blessed to have been given access to this material that, uh, and it's funny because I've been eyeing it uh, at a different location down in town where I take this walk every time I go into town. Um, But it would be, I don't really, I I haven't done it because it feels like it would be taking from some, I don't know whose land that is. And you know what I mean? It's on the road, but it's still just, I don't know. And um, so this kind of just came and it's feels much better. It's, you know, by invitation. So, so Yeah. That's the dealio. And uh, if you're listening to this before March 6th, please send a prayer uh, that I am able to acquire this, the patch, because the things I can do with soil tilth and shade and hydrated soil uh, would be quite extensive. So thank you for your prayers. Well, my team didn't win the Super Bowl. It was a good game, and Kansas played well, and uh, they won, but uh, I was a little bit sad. I really got into it. I got nervous, but uh, anyway, it was fun. Um, Today has been really lazy uh, after getting a lot of work done on a client project and just deciding to take the rest of the day to rest because I don't feel that good. And uh, taking the doggo over to the patch on a early kind of mid-afternoon walk. And that'll be the extent of my activity, my physical activity, I think, for the day. It's uh, fairly cooler. And, um, oh wow, that is such a cool picture, I just realized. Hold on. 
Okay, <laughs> I saw this really cool shadow coming out of a coming off of a tree, and it was just the perfect time of day, so I had to take a picture of that. <clears throat> but I have news. Um, astoundingly, to me, I must be doing something right because the uh, family that came and spent about three and a half hours looking at the property and walking around with us and asking questions and mostly me talking and the listing agent talking. Um, they are interested and they're trying to figure out their financials to figure out what kind of um, down payment they could come up with. And in addition to that, the seller and the listing agent, who's his girlfriend, are both very willing to be flexible in terms of extending the date um, of my contract with them to accommodate whatever this potential buyer of my property is able to do, you know, within reason, obviously, but like that is a two, two different, um, strokes of, of luck. And, um, it's possible that we might be able to acquire the patch and my life will be quite busy <laughs> after that. Um, I have been very generous with the buyer and offered <clears throat> if if they can just come up with what's owed on my contract with the uh, with the listing agent's uh, boyfriend on this other property that I would be buying, then um, maybe we can do something where, in exchange um, for doing that low of a down payment, they uh, and maybe being even flexible about like whatever the monthlies would be on the seller finance, uh, they would, you know, I could stay. Uh, on the property, keep living there until they can come up with enough to allow me to be able to put infrastructure on the new property. And it wouldn't be that much. It'd be like somewhere around, probably around, I'd say 10 or 15, probably 15, closer to 15,000. Uh, and I'm not talking about building a shade structure because it's winter. I mean, I do need to get one up soon though, because spring's coming and, and summer and all that, but the water and the power, you know, being able to buy a power kit, and uh, get that installed and get like a, a tank, you know, and have it deliver. You just filled and whatever. And, um, you know, because they'd be taking over the rain that I've captured in those two tanks, which is a lot of water. There's, a, I would say, well, I'd say at least 2,000 gallons, 2,500 gallons, probably one full tank divided by the two tanks at least. So it's a lot of water that they'd be getting for free. Um, but yeah, so I would want to just kind of buy us, you know, a tank. Probably wouldn't even be that big of a tank to start out with. I don't know. I think that the sweet spot for water tanks, though, is the really big one. It's about $2,000 for a 2,500-gallon tank. At least it was two years ago. And if I go for something smaller, it actually costs more in a way. Like, well, more per gallon. So you're really just getting the best deal if you get those big tanks, which I'm not opposed to at all. It's just, I'm kind of thinking about long-term, like how do I want to do this? And I'm kind of thinking of getting one tank to start because frankly, I've never filled two full tanks. I've always had, uh, I would say with the rain, probably the equivalent of one full tank for the most part. <clears throat> That's not to say that we would get, we wouldn't get that much rain, in the future, it's just kind of like, why buy two when I could start with one and add one later? And I want to get a better read on the land um, if we move over there and just kind of figure out like, okay, well, can I do a well? You know, like what, like, you know, 
So just not go all crazy gung-ho off, off the bat. <clears throat> and I'd want to build a power shed and probably have a contractor help me with that. Uh, I don't think it necessarily needs to be metal, although it might need to be for safety for the power Whatever, although I've been there for two years and it hasn't burned down. <laughs> and that plywood that the contractor mounted everything to, that it's expressly said, don't do that. Um, but, uh, so just all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's really amazing. Um, I really didn't have a lot of hope, so I'm still, we're still not closed. Obviously, they need to figure out their financials and figure out what they can do. Apparently, their property flippers or whatever they are based in Houston and they have a lot of their capital tied up in other properties and so they're going to see what they can come up with and finagle something maybe they'll sell something or whatever they'll do you know and so it's it's still up in the air but it sounds like the uh people who are selling the patch to me are really willing to work with me on it and then be flexible it, you know it's out of my control I can't really control the this potential buyer of my land um, and their timing. So it just really feels like friendly and that's great. I'm really grateful that um, there's some flexibility on their end too, to give this potential buyer a chance to come up with what they need to come up with. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I think it would just be very fun to be able to live in a place where there's soul tilth and a little bit of shade and um, I can start really putting in more food plants, I think. I'm going to really, I'll, I'll wait till fall, till next fall, just because that's the right thing to do to make it easy and give the plants a chance, their best chance. But uh, I can start, you know, buying up, buying things and preparing them for planting in the fall and get some fruit and nut trees. I think that it would be, um, I've, I've thought this the whole time, I've been considering this property that I think it has enough uh, shade if I plant at the right spot spots to uh, be able to support fruit and nut. And I'll just learn as I go. You know, I could be wrong, right? But I could be wrong, right? <laughs> but um, like I've mentioned before, I think planting on the um, the north the northeast side of mature trees. Like, I'm just walking over to one of the trees right now and just going over to the northeast side, and sure enough, there's, like, shade, right? And that's the part of the day where it's going to be the worst. Um, I'm sorry. That's the direction where the worst part of the sun during the day um, is going to come from. It's, like, kind of that, the opposite side, so the southwest. So I think there's, you know, just being a little, just a little bit of shade, um... I think that would be a really good strategy. And granted, it's kind of, it's, you know, maybe it would be like, hmm, I want to say like 12 feet away from the trunk, the base of the trunk of this mesquite, if I planted it in the shadow. But, so that'll be something I'll, I'll be experimenting with and, and playing with and learning from, of course. Um, but I think it's a, it's a reasonable strategy. And then I was trying to explain this to my friend Joe, and she just didn't, believe me, or I don't think she really understood what I was talking about at first, because at one point she was like, oh, the, oh, you're doing, you're talking about that. So, because um, welcome to my life, nobody understands me. <laughs> but anyway, um, so she, you know, I was thinking like, I could build a little wall around the trees, or I could have um, screening for, and screening for wildlife, because there will be elk and deer and stuff here. And uh, 
the dog will have some impact on that. But so let's see, I'm just walking over to another mesquite here, checking it out. But yeah, sure enough, there's a nice little shadow. And what time is it? So it's 3.15 p.m. here, and this is a perfect little nook for a tree, for a fruit tree. Uh, and it's interesting, this particular variety, this particular specimen, I should say, of... Um, what is that? What did you find? That's weird. I don't know what that is. It's... Are you sniffing? Okay. Let's just, let's, let's just go. I don't know what that is. Um... This particular mesquite has had, it's just growing in a natural kind of a, where it has a lot of low hanging branches over on the southwest side, and the northeast side just happens to be clear of any low laying branches. So that gives me the idea that I could actually prune the trees in a way that creates this really open space to allow, you know, fruit trees nearby. That's a, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad I happened upon that tree when I did, because I haven't noticed it before. And then we're passing by the hammock trees, where there's going to be a hammock. <laughs> it's almost too quiet. It almost feels lonely. Would you stop, please? Hey. She will not stop sniffing. I just don't want her to eat any poop. I think sniffing is great, but... Well, so let's see, I'm just looking at some other trees. I'm kind of over in the house building site that I want to build on, so... That's going to be, I wouldn't want to put any trees there, but I'm going to walk past some of these other trees that are further out and see what might be done there. And it'll be really uh, an interesting experience to see what the interaction is with my dog and the wildlife, because I really don't want to discourage the elk and the deer and the who knows what else from using the property. I don't, I would not want to kick them off at all. Um, but, you know, she's going to bark and they'll probably have to either get used to her or they will probably, maybe, I don't know, I hope they don't leave. Yeah, this little tree here has a great shade pocket too. I mean, granted, it's um, in the summer, the sun will be higher in the sky. So, you know, I might need to do more than just plant on a side of existing trees. But the windbreak will be significant. And I might even be able to use some of these vines that are growing over all the trees as, you know, windbreak and shade in certain areas. Um, yeah, so this tree here has, yeah, it's got a nice shade pocket. And I'm kind of not going for full shade. What I'm trying to go for is like a bit of a shelter and a break from like the worst of it, you know? So, and just having lived here for two years, I kind of, I've had the chance to really experience like what's the worst, right? The worst is definitely the Western sun in the late afternoon. So that's really useful to figure out like it definitely needs to be on the east side of the tree, of the existing tree. Um, not just on the north side. If I did it just on the north side, I would really be, those trees would just be fully exposed in that late afternoon sun, so it's very useful. Coming over to this one. It's gonna be so fun to, to like work with this land, you know, to kind of start clearing out some of the craziness and intentionally, you know, um, <clears throat> allocating the resources. Yeah, so this one has a really good 
shade pocket and it's got this like vine stuff going on that I could use that for sure for like shade in the from the uh, Western Sun. So I, th I, I think it's worth trying for sure. And something Jeff Lawton had said uh, that I remembered after I had already done what I'd done and lost some trees as <laughs> I had come across a video where he'd said you need in you know in these kinds of environments that are really uh, hot you know um, you need to have windbreak and shade for <clears throat> young trees so this this is where I'm getting this uh, it's not my idea but it's a permaculture's a permaculturist's observation and another permaculturist's application <laughs> um, and uh, it fascinates me, like, where all the greening is happening, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm, so I'm looking past this tree right now that has these, like, it has basically a natural swale. It's running north-south, which is totally not what I expect. It's got two of them, actually. Um, and they're, yeah, they're running from the big patch of grass on the property into the, you know, past this tree. And the, the tree is quite large and it's got, at least it did a, a week ago. Let's see if it still has this big patch of green plants. Yeah, it does. It's like lush, lush, bright green, thick, matted little ground cover um, on the north side. And um, so microclimate but also like I'm guessing there's like water that pours through these uh, swales and then they join up into one single swale so oh you know what this is it's a little creek rivulet that's running I'm guessing out of the patch toward unless okay so this is where it's going to be really fun to get down into this um, if I get to live here to really kind of like take some elevations and find out like is this is this actually accepting water from the north as well? Because there's obviously this little rivulet of a, of a like a ephemeral stream. It looks like it's heading downhill to the north what to the northeast. But um, when I had first looked at the at Google Earth and everything before coming out here, my interpretation was. I didn't know how to tell because I couldn't find any information on the actual topo, um, the numbers. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. Um, but I guessed that all the water was basically coming from the north and flowing <clears throat> into this patch, for, you know, that direction. And then when I when I got here, I realized what was happening. So I'm guessing it's running away, and this is one of the places where the water is dumping off the property. The only thing is, though, I'm following this little rivulet, and there's it's really going into a barrens, kind of. It's going into an area with a lot less trees and cover, even though it is passing by some big trees. So this will be really fun to get to actually see what's going on and do that prolonged uh, observation that we're supposed to do in permaculture on this on this particular parcel, where there's just so much more going on, so much more happening. And then, you know, almost as exciting to me as plants, which I normally just get, you know, they're my favorite thing, like gardening is one that's probably my favorite thing to do ever. Gardening, hiking, and maybe dancing or something, I don't know, like, uh, but uh, is the natural building that I've, I've talked about. Getting to use the material to do wattle and daub is gonna be so fantastic. This whole spot where I had originally thought that I was going to put the RV, 
the one closest to the road that I was talking about that had the probably the largest tree on the property. Potentially, there might be some other ones that are just as big over to the further south, but this one is just huge. Um, and I wouldn't want to prune it. It's perfect. It comes all the way down to the ground like a mesquite does, but I just I wouldn't even really probably touch it because it's just like this perfect tree. But the whole north side of, of that tree and then the tree next to it, it's all got that green ground cover. So they're definitely taking advantage of the shade. Yeah, pretty much all the trees have it. So it's a good sign, right? If I'm going to be doing fruit. And, uh, and I think getting the survey is going to be a big deal because knowing where to build, knowing where I can build, knowing where I can site things is going to really matter. And just hoping that the owners, the current owner, did, uh, you know, did some sort of at least attempt before digging this driveway. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of grass stalks in the big circle um, between the, the road, that the driveway that they put in. It's a circular driveway and the road. So there is water, you know, that comes all the way that far. And it doesn't fill the circle. I think half the circle is grass stalks and then or maybe like a quarter, about a third of it. And there are a few trees in there, but it definitely does get drier. And of course the, the uh, driveway itself is a desert they created, but it's growing in with plants pretty fast actually. <laughs> Come in and see if I can uh, transplant them. Okay, okay, let's walk over here. Good grief. She's really trying hard to lead me. <clears throat> she hasn't done that before. We've gone here many times and there must be some interesting animal that's left something that she's picking up on. What is it? But uh, it's going to be a big endeavor to start from scratch and do it myself. But um, where are you going? What is it? Oh, she's she's found something. It's like pulling really hard on me. It must be like a mole or a gopher ground squirrel. I think we have squirrels out here. They're ground squirrels is what we have. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird day for me. I'm feeling low, like, you know, I'm in pain. I'm in low energy and stuff because of it. I'm just trying to rest after working this morning. And so maybe that's what's contributing to this weird feeling. But I have like this, it's like a lonesome... Uh, feeling and I think oh you're gonna pee on it okay well that's one way to do it <laughs> so it must not have been a ground squirrel must have been some sort of maybe it was a coyote but uh I'm just gonna discount that and put that towards me not feeling so well today and uh continue forward the other day I had my second big sort of sensation of like I don't even want to bother with dealing with this anymore I'm just gonna give up I'm gonna stop trying I'm gonna let it all go like I don't want to I'm tired of trying and I just don't even want to bother trying to, it's a huge endeavor, you know, and uh, rebuilding everything from scratch on my, on my own. It's a big, it's a big project. So I was just like, eh, and that's only the second time that's ever happened to me. But, and I think I was just kind of feeling a little bit like I wanted to distance myself from the hope, you know, cause it was with great hope comes great, the chance, the possibility of great disappointment kind of thing. So, hi birds. We're sorry, we're not gonna stay long this time and you can come back. I wonder if you can hear that. The wind in the grass. It's a great sound. I would love to get used to that sound. Um, but, I mean, if I think about 
you know, if I just actually allow myself to think about the things that, I, the reasons I want this place, it's a little overwhelming. Um, and I think that's part of why I was like kind of pulling away from, you know, and starting to like let myself forget about it kind of, because it was just like painful to think of not being able to take the opportunity. So, um, but yeah, it's this little tilth and the, the building material, the grasses and stuff and the shade trees and the privacy and the sense of security being not exposed anymore from the road. Um, it's the right thing to do, I think. And the fact that the, the property has a, a perennial water just across most of the property is the biggest, probably the biggest um, thing. And that's, that like has led to everything else, like the grass and the soil tilth. But I think it's, it's a good move. And um, this is a gold mine that apparently I'm supposed to get and nobody else has snatched up yet. And the person who owns it doesn't know. Maybe that's just not their interest, you know, their interest lies elsewhere. I mean, they've got like two or three houses or something, you know, they don't need, they're not in need or want. Let's sit down in the shade for a minute. Um, I just sit here in the grass. Oh, but so the, I think that the, the logistics, if this um, interested party is able to come up with the down and everything, and then we figure out an arrangement for the seller financing they're asking for, then depending on, uh, so if they were just able to come up with enough for me to actually just purchase this, the patch, then I would probably ask um, to be able to just stay on my property until they can come up with, um, you know, their first monthly payment so that I could actually have enough to, you know, build my solar and my water, which I don't think would take that long. I can have the panels just on some sort of frame um, temporarily. Like that's what most people do. They just leave them down on the ground, but um, until I can build my shelter and I can do like a temporary shelter. I don't even think I would necessarily need one in this time of the year, but it would need to be soon. And so that would be the benefit of having the monthly. That's one of the reasons I I'm fine with doing a seller finance deal because having that money coming in would allow me to build. Um, but so that's seeming more likely. I mean, I, if it does, if they just really don't want to do that, um, which I mean, I think they understand it's, if I'm taking a much lower down payment, I think, and I was going to, my listing agent, um, she was going to ask that I have a month to move anyway. Cause I mean, I live there. Um, but then, if like I've told them if worse comes to worse, I will just stay with a friend or find, you know, I'll figure something out because ultimately I think it's really worth it to acquire the patch. And, but I think that they'll probably, it'll probably work out where I'll have, you know, that, that month in between and they make their down payment and they may, and they make their first monthly payment. I'll probably have that amount of time um, to get to be there and start moving maybe everything but like my my RV or something you know and then like I don't know we'll see but I, th I think they understand it makes sense because they understand that I need infrastructure um they're not nonsensical tourist types they're I mean the guys from Brazil the girls from Mexico you know um they 
they are also property to uh, flippers, I think. And so, um, but I think they understand this area and what it requires. And I made it, I made a point to tell them that so they could understand. And just having, to, I told them like, you know, the listing agent was explaining this to me that she keeps running into potential buyers who just have no idea that you do need to have these things in place out here to survive. And, um, you know, they don't realize how hard it is to procure them. And I think for me, just separately, just kind of not telling them this, but I think for me, I can figure that stuff out because I've thought about it and I have someone in mind who can do it. I know what to buy, you know, he'll help me figure out what to buy. And I know kind of I priced it and, you know, like I have this kind of planned out in my mind. How would I execute it? I'm very good at uh, project um, execution. So like planning, you know, making a plan and then executing it and hitting it by the deadline. I'm very uh, proficient at that. I've done it for many years. I'm just kind of naturally good at it. So I think that kind of thing would be, um, it won't be an issue for me because I've really thought it through and I kind of, I've, I've scoped out the resources. I've scoped out suppliers and, and all that. Um, I figured out what the budget would be. So the bare necessities would be the, the main push. And then just budgeting the remainder of the, uh, you know, what I'm getting back for my land. I'm not making a profit. I'm just getting back what I put into it. And um, I'm not asking for any sweat equity um, payment or anything like that. It's just everything that I, you know, that physical things. Um, and getting that back will allow me to build um, from scratch here. And I can stay, you know, I have a place to stay in my RV as long as I have power and water. And, and then I'll put, get shade up before the summer hits. And, um, and it might even just be a temporary like shade sale kind of shade, but that still does make a difference. Over for my BNBs, I've stood under those shade sales in the middle of the summer and it's really markedly different. It's the difference between being really uncomfortable and pretty comfortable. So I think even with shade sales, I can, you know, swing the staging of everything, the, the, the staging of the project, not, not like setting things out, but like the planning, the phasing of it. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to let you know about it. There's an, there's a potential offer. Well, there's a, he, they told me they're very, they're definitely very interested. So they're going to figure figure out what they can do. And, um, and the, the listing agent and her boyfriend, the owner of the patch, they are total. they've said they're just totally willing to be flexible and, and help make this happen. And so, um, really good news and, um, came out of nowhere. And I will say one thing I've mentioned a few times that I'm trying to use law of attraction and, uh, the new thing I had started to do well, less than a week ago, um, I was really wasn't sure if it was going to work, but I just, and I even had a thought about this yesterday. I was like, you know, I'm really, I'm really, this is really um, risky to do this, but I was just, I just decided to let go of all my worries and concerns and everything and just let it all go and just like, just kind of give it to God more or less. Um, I just didn't want to worry about it anymore. Oh, poor you. Oh, poor you. We're not going anywhere right now. Poor you. Um, and then just try to just kind of enjoy the moment, I guess, or feel good for no, you know, no reason. Um, okay, we're going to go soon. Just, you need to learn patience, my friend. That's one thing you're not good at. Come on, sit. Sit. Thank you. Lay down. Come on. Hey. Hey, Wolfie. Lay down. Lay down. She's like, no. I will make you lay down. I will make you lay down. <laughs> Come on, lay down. There we go. Lay down. Uh uh. No. We're not playing. She's. <laughs>
Oh. And she's going to start humping my leg, probably. Um, no. Um, but yeah, so um, I think it, it seems to be working because um, things seem to be kind of coming through that weren't before I was doing that. So I'm, I'm just um, attempting to just kind of let go of let you know let things take care of themselves kind of because i'm just so tired of all the bullshit and just the worry and the struggling and the stress so i will let you know how things go but that is the report for now and um thank you to all of you who said prayers for me and i know i have a, a pen pal in africa who has said he said saying prayers for me and um, i appreciate that very much and um Hope you have a great rest of your, your day. I wanted to add a little bit of, um, just a little, I guess, anecdotal evidence that sometimes you don't get it all perfectly right, but you do enough. Because it went down to 30 degrees last night, early this morning, and I got pretty much everything prepped. Um, out of fear of losing the things that I lost in the last phrase, uh, namely the, the, the hose sprayers. But, um, also I forgot to turn one of the made the big spigots, um, coming out of the, one of the big tanks. And I was kind of terrified, but at the same time, I was kind of like, you know what? I did the best I could and I forgot something and I'm not getting out of bed at like whatever time it was. I think when I realized it was probably right before my alarm went off, you know, probably 645 or something. But it was dark still, and I was just like, it was, it's freezing. I'm not going to go out there. And um, what would be the point of doing that anyway? It's already frozen. So uh, I just thought of checking the gravity spigot just about 20 minutes ago when I was sitting outside and just to see, and it works fine. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know why it didn't freeze and get destroyed, but it didn't. And so, yay, I made a mistake, and it, it, I'm okay. Um, so the only thing I need to do tonight for the freeze that we're going to have is check to see if the, uh, I'm calling them Jesus candles, even though these ones are the generic kind without the Jesus on them, which I just can't stand Christianity. So I just, um, you know, no offense anybody, but I just, I don't want those kind of images, images around me because I'm not religious and it kind of, um, just kind of, I find it, it bothers me, um, because it is so religious. So I got the generic kind. So I don't mean anybody, any offense to anybody, believe whatever you want. Um, but um, I also will believe whatever I want. And I just don't want to buy those Jesus candles. So luckily they sell the generic ones. And they're actually cheaper by a dollar. So I got them for two bucks each. And they'll burn for like two or three days. And it's enough to protect the power system in a freeze. Believe it or not. It's just a cheap option. So that frees up my buddy heater for, you know, if I would need it as a backup. So that's the only other thing I need to do. Um, I had been locked out of my car and I had to call a locksmith who came all the way down from up north, charged me a hundred bucks to stick a wire in my door and get my door lock, lock turned and, uh, got me back into my car and I got my keys and I turned it, I turned my RV just about upside down trying to find this spare and I do not know what I did with it. Um, I know I hid it somewhere because I was worried my ex-boyfriend was going to break into my RV and steal it because he's that kind of guy. And um, I unfortunately got involved with that kind of guy without knowing he was that kind of guy until it was too late. Um, but I don't know where I put it. I hid it so well, I couldn't even find it. So 
Um, the good thing is, is that I went through everything and now I'm going to, you know, it's like spring cleaning, right? <laughs> really early. Um, but so I'm going to have to go get some keys made to have, make sure I have a backup handy if that ever happens again. And as with any kind of challenge, it represents an opportunity. And so I was able to go through my keys and I've got like all these random keys. I have no idea what they go to anymore. So just like getting those out of, you know, just like throwing them away basically, um, is is really nice because <laughs> it's like what the heck do I have these for this was probably the like when I set up the you know the backup set I had a different set of locks and things you know because I put a new puck lock on the shed on the power shed when I fired the uh, original contractor because I didn't want him having access to my power system that guy was scary um and dishonest so um you know so and I found one of the one of the backup sets I had kicking around um did have the old key on it for that so that's just good to like go through stuff and I never would have done that uh, had I not been looking for this dang key so I had to spend a hundred bucks which really sucks but eh, these things happen and I'm just accepting it and moving forward um, but yeah so I kind of it was like a dumb lesson but there you go <laughs> so now um, I'm kind of caught up on like the chores because you know I made sure and I, mean, I can't make more mistakes like that. So I just had, you know, have things kind of dialed in at this point um, in a timely fashion. Uh, and the only other thing that I will say, and to all of those uh, of you who are listening from L.A., uh, which rhymes, um, the Super Bowl, was, there was a moment during the halftime show um, where Usher was just... I don't know, man, he was strutting his stuff and everybody was just like, he had his crowd, you know, his homies and stuff. And it was like such an LA moment. And I just, I felt the love, I felt the sunshine. I felt the happiness, you know, the music and the creativity that I, you know, that, that you can find in LA that, that thrives there. And I just, I really missed it. And it, it made me almost want to move back. And um, so that was really interesting to me. And it just really stayed with me. It was a really a, a moment of like sunshine just kind of coming through. And um, so depending on what happens in November, there's a chance. I, I definitely want to visit, see my friends there. So, hey, if you're listening. But um, I, there's a chance I might move back at some point in the future if things go well. If things go the wrong direction, then fuck it. Nowhere is safe. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it really just comes down to can the cabal cheat enough like they did in 2020 that's really what it comes down to because trump's easily going to win everybody loves him um like he did last time you know but even more people are going to vote for him so it's really about how much can they cheat and we saw what they did i mean i watched it i was sitting there through like days of cybersecurity uh ex expositions that were detailing how they cheated but um, you know, <laughs> and, and many more things too, but so it's like, you know, can they do it again? I don't know. Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to. So anyway, not to digress into some big political rant. I just wanted to say that, um, I miss LA. So where my, where my LA homies at? <laughs> so, um, that's all. I just wanted to kind of tap that onto the end of this episode.